0: There's nothing like somebody asking you to preach to realize your inadequacies. I've found that. Um, But you can also see God's grace and His faithfulness in coming through and uh, providing uh, something to talk about and bring to you all. It's been convicting to me and as well as encouraging. Let's go ahead and pray before we start. Father, I... Thank you again for this time that we all get to meet together. I pray that you would be here um, as I'm speaking and um, guide my words and my thoughts. I pray that you would convict all of us, encourage us, and just help us to be more like you want us to be. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. What I want to talk about tonight, uh, I guess for a title, is loving God and loving each other. Um I know you might be thinking, this is a sugar stick from down on the street corner, but uh, it's, you know, it's a message about love, but uh, it's actually pretty convicting. Um, it's not as simple and easy on us as we think. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read uh, John 3:16. Now you're thinking, "Wow, yeah, you're really basic." But just hang in there. <laughs> Probably most of us can quote it. Uh, John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. That's how much he loved us. He gave his only Son. And then also, First uh, John four nine to ten. We'll see a lot of John tonight. He uh, talks a lot about love. Okay, 1 John 4, uh, starting verse 9. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. I mean, so far all these verses have had love. You know, God loving us in them. And before we get too far, you know, I think we need to define love. You know, what is love? Um, 1 John 5, 1-2. Um, we'll, re- we'll get into this later. Actually, no, let's go ahead and read it. 1 John 5. Um, just turn over a uh, maybe across the page if, depending on what Bible you have. Um first John five, starting in verse one there. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. So another another verse about love. And all these all these Places where it mentions love, Um, love towards us from God or us loving our brother. It's all the same word, um, the Greek word, if we want to get into all this. But um, from Thayer's uh, dictionary, it says love, the kind that he's talking about in here, is to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. Those are actions that have to do with that love and then the noun is a, a thing um, brotherly love, affection, goodwill, benevolence um, you think of a, like a love feast that kind of love and this is the Greek word agape um, so I'm going to read 1 John 5, 1-2 again but this time I'm going to substitute some of those words that we just described love as in there to kind of personalize it. and um, So we'll read it again. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that welcomes Him, or loves or welcomes Him, our Father, you know, that begat, entertains or has benevolence to Him that is begotten of Him. By this we know that we have brotherly love or goodwill to the children of God, but we love God dearly and keep His commandments. I don't know for me it kind of when I threw some of those other words in there it kind of helped me oh it's not just love that's like all these other things you know that sometimes we forget love is so that's that's the agape love that we're talking about there and then there's also another kind of love which is phileo we've all heard Mr. Hamilton we've heard John we've heard a lot of people you know talk about the different kinds of love but um, the phileo love comes from, uh, well, an example of it is when Peter and Jesus were talking, and Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me? And Peter replied, I love you, but he said the phileo kind of love instead of the agape kind of love. And that phileo love is um, maybe more affected by feeling. Um, It means to approve of, to like, sanction, or to show signs of love, like a hug or a kiss. So it's more subjective. Um, So let's continue on. Um, I'd like to read Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. There's There's so many places where God talks about love. And so many of those places, it goes right along with us loving our brother... It's it's really neat. I've never really seen it like this before. Um, So Matthew twenty-two, starting in verse thirty-six, and this is it's all basic stuff, but it's stuff we need to remember. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And this is the Pharisees, you know, asking, trying to trick Jesus. But Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that is in here hangs on that. Those two things. If you want to really simplify it. So there's two, you know, it's between God and man. There's love that comes between God and man. And there's love that's like horizontal instead of vertical, you know, that is between us. Um everywhere in scripture, I mean, you know, we've read so far, you know, these two cannot be separated. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot love your brother without loving God. And if you don't love your brother, that's a pretty good indicator that you don't love God. Amen. Um, so let's go over uh, where Jesus and Peter were talking, where I referenced before. That's uh, in John 21. And we'll read 15, verses 15 to 17. I don't know, I, I never really thought about just the what all this entail here. Kind of broke it down and uh, saw it like I've seen it. But um, let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll kind of pull some things out of it. So when they had dined, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He says unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says unto him, Feed my lambs. He says unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He says unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says unto him, feed my sheep. He says unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. So, it seems like just a bunch of repetition, but uh, really it's not. First thing i pulled out of this, you know, the first first time he asked him, he said, Lovest thou me? But he added more than these. So from that, you know, we've got to have a relationship with God first. It can't be the other way around. And then the this, this second thing, um, each time Peter asked Jesus if he loved him, you know, he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, you know I do. And every time after that he said, feed my sheep. And I equate that with love because um, you know, he told him to love or feed his lambs or sheep. Uh, these ones that our good shepherd is in charge. Shepherd is in charge of that are his, and to feed means to furnish food, to nourish, cherish, and supply. So it's like Jesus is commanding: Do you love me? Do this. Um, and then the other, the other thing I saw. Um, You know, the first two times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, it was, do you agape love me? Which is the objective, um, kind of, no matter what type of love. And each time Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you, I like you, I like being with you. You know, it wasn't the, no matter what. Because, I mean, if we remember the first couple chapters before that, he he denied that he even knew the Lord. Um, he was scared that he was going to die, you know he wasn't he didn 't really love the Lord enough to die for him and Peter knew that he was being honest with God or with Jesus, he knew he liked being around him, but just maybe not enough to die for him um, and then it was interesting because the third time Jesus asked him, he said, "Peter, do you phileo love me and you know, then Peter got kind of huffy, I guess. <laughs> but um, while I was thinking about that, is like Jesus was saying, "Peter, I know you don't love me like that. You know, but follow me, and I'll teach you that. I'll bring you into that." Um, and I think that's you know that's how we need to be with God. <clears throat> you know, he's he's so patient with us. Um, I was just thinking, do I get impatient with God? Um, with the process you know it takes for him to work on me and um you know are we getting impatient with that process like peter was he was like you know you know i mean why do you keep asking me you know you know how i love you and uh and i was thinking too are we getting impatient with the process and the time that it's taken god to change people around us too i mean we can ask in both ways um Let's uh, keep going here. Um, the next thing I'd look to, like to look at is uh, the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10. So if you turn over there to Luke 10, <coughs> there's so much in here about us relating to God. I mean, that's it's almost pretty much the whole Bible, and. Uh, Okay, so let's, let's uh, start in verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I just read that and I was like, man, how many times are we like Martha? She was doing something that was good, that needed to be done. I mean, people in the house needed to be fed. And how how many times do we find ourselves doing things that need to be done that are godly things but they're getting in the way of our relationship with god we aren't putting that relationship first um that word cumbered you know it says martha was cumbered about with much serving that means to be drawn away distracted to be drug around i mean you can picture i mean you can basically put yourself in that (laughs) in that picture uh, being drugged around by you know all of the different things that um, you know people that depend on you and jobs that you're working on and um, it's it's so easy to to let that relationship go to the side um, now I want to look in the Old Testament a little bit um, I, don't, I feel like when you look in the Old Testament you kind of complete the picture, kind of, you get a little bit more um, of a full picture. Um, the story of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Genesis 22. Start, go back to that. And the first 18 verses there, I guess we'll go ahead and read them. Uh, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and get you into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham and his father, and said, My father... And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God. That's what Tanner was talking about, fearing God. Seeing thou hast not withheld your son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went, took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing, and have not withheld thy son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven." And it is the sand which is upon the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So if you look at that, and you see the love that Abraham had for God, I mean, what kind of love is it where a guy will take his, own, his only son that he loves and... Take him to sacrifice him um, it's i just can't I can't even imagine it See, obviously obviously it was a big test of his love for God, but he showed that he loved him I mean he obeyed immediately it says he uh you know God was telling him that, and then it says Abraham rose up early in the morning he didn't waste any time he didn't Spend a week trying to figure out, is this really God? You know, I mean, this can't be God because, you know, I'm not supposed to kill my son. He knew God. He had a relationship with God. He knew what he was supposed to do. But he also knew that God was faithful to his word, that he would provide um, a son to have all these descendants that God had promised. You know, he he loved his son. It says he did. But he loved God more. Uh, 1 John 5.3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that show that we love, is when we obey God. <clears throat> uh, twice during this test, Abraham reminded the people around him that um, God was true to his word. Um, and once again, that's, it's because he knew God. He knew he knew God was faithful. Um, you know, to the servants, he said, we will come back to you. We. Not just me. We. And then to his son Isaac, he said, God will provide a lamb. I mean, <laughs> he didn't know there was a ram in the thicket back there. But he knew God would provide. Right. Um, you know it was because of this love that Abraham, I think, had for God that he was able to do this. If you didn't know God, if you didn't love God, there's no way you'd be able to do something like this. I mean, it's, it's totally against common sense. <clears throat> um, but and I mean even I mean we can apply this to our lives because God showed even you know thousands of years ago about the love that he had for us with his son Jesus Um, you know he gave just like John had been talking about adoption um, you know we are God's sons and just like that ram God provided Jesus so that we wouldn't have to be sacrificed or punished and given to the given to destruction for our sins <clears throat> um, I, I want to go back to the New Testament, uh, back to John. Uh, you know John, he talks so much about love. I mean, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. I mean, who calls himself that? <laughs> I mean, he's the only one in the Bible that I, I know of that did that. So he must have really experienced um, God's love. And you can see that in what he writes. Uh, 1 John 4, 7-12. to 12. Okay. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected in us. So here's another time where... Our love to God, God's love to us, our love to our brother, it's all in the same package. Um, Basically, if you love God, you love your brother. If you love your brother, you love God. There's no separation between the two. Because we can only love our brother from the love that God gives us. It's only uh, overflow from that love that we have received from God that we can love our brother. So you know, we've been talking about love, we uh, know we need to do it. We, need to, we know we need to live our brother, love our brother. But what does that look like? Um, in First Corinthians, we get a good indication of that. Um, we'll go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 13. All right. In uh, chapter 12, he had just got done. Paul had just gotten talking, done talking about the church, the body, um, how we're all parts of the body, and then all the gifts. You know, there's so many gifts that are in the church, and you know, we all have a part. Um, but I thought it was interesting. He ends that chapter by saying, uh, in verse the very last verse of 12, chapter 12, that covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, show I unto you a more excellent way. I thought, well, surely that doesn't mean what it sounds like. Um, You just said covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, there's something different? Okay. So, um, I studied a little bit and um, just kind of looked up a few things about it. And uh, he's not contradicting himself, really. Um, what he's saying is don't get caught up in aspiring to be in those offices. Yeah, those are necessary, and there will be some of you who are teachers, preachers, rulers, whatever, help. Um, But all of us are called to this next thing, this next thing that I'm going to show you. Um, I wanted to read just a little section. uh, Barnes Commentary had something on this. That um, I wanted to uh, bring here it says he did not say that Paul did not say that it was wrong to desire high endowments or these gifts, but he showed them an en- excuse me an endowment which was more valuable than all the others, and which if possessed would make them contented, and produce the harmonious ar- operation of all the parts of the church. That endowment was love. Um, so, it, I mean, it goes along with everything we've been talking about. You need your love, or you need the love, and then all this other stuff will follow. Um, okay, so that, that verse leads into the, Paul's chapter on love. And this charity that he uses is the same word for love that is in has been in all these other verses in the New Testament about God loving us. It's the same exact word Um, so obviously we're not talking about feeling love, it's not love that we can do of our own selves, it's got to be that love that's coming out of us from God Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and read uh, chapter 13 though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself or does not brag on itself, is not puffed up or arrogant, does not behave itself unseemly, Or another word for that is rudely. Seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, keeps no account of evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But now when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abides faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. I just had to read that a couple times through and it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff in there. But the first three verses talk about all these things that he was mentioning in the chapter before, you know, the gifts and stuff. He's saying, those will eventually cease. We won't need those, you know, when we're in heaven in the end, you know. But love will always be there. It will always stand. <clears throat> and then the next, after the first three verses, the next four verses are what love is and what it is not. Um, you'll have to go study that yourself, I guess. I don't have time to go through all that <laughs> There's a ton in there, and it's, it's just practical, you know, what love is. Um... So before, you know, it says, well, in verse 13, you know, what do we need first? Before all, everything else, um, he says, you know, now abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. Uh, love. Love from the heart and this agape kind of love that Jesus loves and gives us and gives it to give other people. That is what will take you to the end. Uh, It stands the test of time. I mean, if you think of the Christians before us, you know, way back that were burned at the stake, they didn't love God with a phileo kind of love, let me tell you. Um, They weren't singing hymns because they just knew about God. They knew Him. They loved Him. And they were, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine that, but... um, you know, they, they did love him because he was their savior. You can only go so far with your mind, which is more like the phileo love. Um, though you can't ignore the knowledge of him, you've got to know about him to know who he is. Um, the enemies of the Israelites knew about Jesus, they'd experienced his power even, you know, against them, but they didn't know him. Um, and you can only go so far with fearing him like Tanner was talking about on Sunday um, but we can't ignore that fear it goes you know you have to have it along with the the love but if that if the fear was only what your relationship was based on you could i mean you'd be i don't know if you, you could, if you think about it this way what if if all of us as kids were based on or our, our relationship with our parents was based on fear, well, as long as you do, you do whatever you could do not to get punished, you, would, um, you, know, you, might be going, you might go behind your dad's back or your mom's back just because you knew you could get away with it. But if you love them, if there's that love relationship, you want to do what's right. You want to please them. And that's how it needs to be with our, our Heavenly Father. Um, and another another way to kind of explain the the agape love I guess uh, a personal or a, you know, down to our level kind of example is the love that we have for our kids um, and our spouses or whatever if you're married um, there's things that you would do for them that you wouldn't do for anybody and there's lots of things that you do not because you like to do it, not because you want to do it you just do it because you love them I think, I mean, it's because of that love that God has ordained to be in the family unit. And it's a small glimpse of, you know, what the love that God has for us. Um, Kind of to to summarize this, you know, God loves us. He showed us that by giving his son to die for us. Um, He's very concerned about the state of our souls. And likewise, should we be concerned about you know, our brother's souls around us? Um, and the love for him that we have is evident by the love we have for our brother and our obedience to God. And both of those things are only possible if that relationship is there. You can't just do those things. You can do them, but it's not going re- to be real. It's not going to last Got to have that relationship with our Father. Um, I'd like to read one more scripture uh, Matthew 7, uh, verses 16 to 18. Uh, it says you shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or th- figs of thistles even so every good tree brings forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit so we can apply that to love that's found or not found in us You know, if you love your brother well, that man he, he has a relationship with the Lord He's that man loves God. Well, you look around a little bit more, and you'll see that he loves his brother. You know, your fruit will show the relationship you have with the Lord. It'll come out. Um, that's that's pretty much what I've I've got on the love. Um, in closing, I wanted to share a little thing that I kind of um, experienced that I had a little it was a little thing, but. Um, It was encouraging to me. I kind of started running a couple times a week, Um, basically because I don't want my kids to say they can beat me yet. I'm not too proud for that yet, I guess. (laughs) And uh, I was doing it the other day, and I decided to go a little bit longer, and I was listening to something in my headphones, and um, just like a city boy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and I I was just going and I was getting towards the end of the run and there's a big long hill up before our house before I got to the end and I was pretty worn out and thinking man uh, this is really stupid why am I even doing this (laughs) which is what you're probably all asking anyway but uh, I don't know my legs were tired I was breathing hard I couldn't really get my breath and I was like man this is just a long hill, and this is, I don't know, I just don't want to do this. And all of a sudden, this really fast, beat, upbeat, encouraging song came on. I was like, man, yeah, I can do this. I mean, it's just not, I mean, it's not that far up there. I can surely just give whatever. I mean, anyway. So I thought, well, man, if we could be like that to each other, I mean, we're almost to the end. We just have a little bit farther along. We don't know how, how long we're going to be here. If we could do that for each other, I mean, that would be great. If we could encourage each other to make that last push to our goal. So that is what I had to share. I pray that God convicts us and encourages whatever we need um, in that one. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you haven't left us without direction. Uh, you show us you know, how to live with you, how to live with our brother in your word. And we thank you for that. Just pray that you'd help us to live like that. Help us to put you where you belong in our lives. Uh, we just thank you again for loving us and pray that you'd help us to love our brother.